Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Eric Nalin, publisher of InsideTexas.com. Uh, Eric and I will be talking today on our weekly State of the Program episode. Uh, Eric, thanks for joining me, man. What's going on, Bobby? You know, living the dream, dude. Living the dream. Me too. Uh, speaking of that, Steve Sarkeesian may not be living the dream right now. No. He seems like he's juggling all sorts of things going on. Uh, from a coaching search at wide receiver to a director of high school relations to adding an offense. I mean, he's just got a ton of things going on. Talk uh, briefly about some of the things he's he's really trying to focus on right now. Well, it kind of goes back to what I wrote in uh, December of just how difficult a job of, of college coaching is. You know, there are jobs that are much more important. Uh, there are jobs that are much more mentally taxing, much more physically taxing. Uh, jobs that are, you know, maybe more difficult. Flying an air, airplane is pretty important, you know. Um, <laughs> But man, this the job just never ends for for these guys. If they're not recruiting, they're coaching. If they're not coaching, they're trying to recruit another uh, uh, coach. Uh, and there's just always something going on. And right now is just a really good example of how busy a, a head coach is. Now, I'm not complaining, Bobby, because that gives us something to write about. You know, I do have sympathy for him, but I'm, I'm glad that we have plenty to write about there in January. Uh, so he's got he's navigating the portal. We we know that. Um, he's setting up for Junior Day. Uh, he's trying to hire three positions. Uh, and he's trying to assimilate a very large group of freshmen into his program and make sure that they take to the culture. So uh, he's got a lot on his plate right now. All right, we'll talk about each of those. But first, I want to talk uh, and thank first our sponsor, Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm. Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm specializes in results for his client clients, whether it's a tragic car wreck, an accident in the workplace, or any sort of serious or catastrophic injury. Adam is who you want to call. Call Adam today at 512 512- 280-0800 or reach him online at lowylawfirm.com for a free consultation. And remember, Adam focuses on results. Um, let's let's start with uh, the wide receivers coach, the director of high school relations job, as well as the special assistant to the head coach. Those are the three, quote unquote, open jobs. It could be four if we think they're going to hire two guys for high school relations even. Right. Let's, let's talk about where we're at on each of those this week. Uh, Eric, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it could even end up being more than that if they, if they lose Gary Patterson and they go with an offensive-defense split for the uh, special assistant. So um, I think you and uh, Jerry have been talking about Jamal Fenner as the uh, high school relations uh, coach. Uh, you know, he's been uh, uh, a mainstay in Austin. He's an Austin uh, resident. Clearly, he's going to know that area, and the coaches in Sentex quite well. I, I do need to get a better handle on uh, because his name is not new to us. Obviously, everybody knows who he is, uh, but we, it's kind of new to us as a uh, as a real target. You know, I think uh, even Joe Cook theorized that maybe he could be a guy that emerges. Uh, but I do need to learn more about his connections. Uh, you know, all, obviously, just because he's in Syntax doesn't mean he doesn't have very close friends in other regions, that, especially given how nomadic coaches are. They move all over the place. One thing I want to say about that that was interesting. If you remember last week, Friday was the first day they could go out. Right. Texas blanketed Syntex. Yeah. I mean, from, uh, you know, basically San Antonio all, all up to Waco, Colleen, all in between. Yep. It's an interesting thing because they haven't necessarily recruited their home turf very well. Um, well there's quite a few guys in that cycle. You know, you got Micah Hudson, the Kobe Black. Uh, they just got McDonald from uh, Waco Connolly. Michael Uni's in the area. Um, you know, so it's one of the, you know, Syntex kind of ebbs and flows with it. You know, every area does, but. Syntax seems to ebb and flow a little bit more, uh, but there's there's plenty of guys to go after. You know, Blake Frazier's right in town. He's going to be uh, be at Junior Day. So, there, yeah, there's a there's a good reason to canvas the area, but you always want to protect your home turf, too. 
All right, well, let's talk about the receivers, Coach. Uh, uh, we have talked about it at InsideTexas.com. Chris Jackson, wide receivers coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We think I termed it as leader in the clubhouse. That's sure. the term that was given to me. Uh, we'll see if, if that pans out. The Jaguars have a uh, game mm. this weekend, the NFL playoffs. Uh, so any move would be prohibited before then. Uh, but we also are talking about Adam Henry at Indiana. Uh, he's a possibility former Cowboys wide receivers coach. Uh, Dallas Baker, wide receivers coach at Baylor, has name has come up, and I believe uh, Texas has shown some interest there. And then Joel Falani, the former yeah. wide receivers coach at Washington State. Uh, of those guys, what is your read on this situation and what Sark is trying to get out of this hire, uh, Eric? Yeah, well, the read on the situation points me to Jackson. I mean, uh, you know, along with your information, obviously that's the primary source of uh, confidence there, uh, but. The silence is deafening. You know, we haven't heard a whole lot since uh, since since you uh, mentioned Jackson. Um, and, you know, obviously the reason for that would be he's got a playoff game. He he also uh, had a curious tweet out there, uh, which kind of uh, created a Streisand effect. I don't think a lot of people were talking about uh, uh, him taking the job until he he made that tweet. It reminded me a lot of when De uh, Del Conte gave the kiss of death to Tom Herman. Uh, we lost 30 subscribers that same exact day because they thought they took him at his word. Uh, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to die that day because I'm losing all this business. We even telegraphed the fact that they was going to do the kiss of death and people still took it at face value. Uh, but really he's just, you know, he, he's saying he's bought in trying to win playoff games. What else do you expect him to say? Uh, he did have a follow-up and said it in which he said he hasn't talked to Texas, but that doesn't mean a representative of his hasn't, you know, so, so we'll just see and, and let it play out. Uh, the interesting thing about this whole, uh, search has been that, you know, it's a good idea. It's a good uh, reminder of how expansive Sark's Rolodex is. And, you know, he's, he's spent a lot of time in the college game with a lot of the best coaches. And he's uh, also spent time in the NFL. Uh, previous coaches that Texas has had, it's been a lot easier to do process of elimination on the top targets here because he knows so many people and he reaches out for so many people for advice. Uh, some of those guys, I could tell exactly who he talked to and who he got the name from. Uh, other guys, not so much. And that's, you know, just a reminder that he has spent time in the NFL uh, and he's, he's bounced around the college landscape. Uh, what about the offensive assistant to the head coach, the special assistant? You mentioned Gary Patterson uh, and his role that he's played on defense. What do you think Sark is really looking for on offense? Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. You know, I think that job is probably going to be filled by more of an up-and-comer, uh, a guy that's probably looking to break his way into the college game, um, you know, and just, you know, gain experience. You know, I've always said that that position is going to be someone that's looking to move up or someone that's looking to give advice down that's already been there, maybe a former head coach, which is why Gary Patterson uh, fit that role so well. But there's also a guy that you can come in and that's going to be young and innovative and extremely hungry in which Sark uh, kind of serves the main the, the main value there to that per person. You know, obviously that guy's going to add value. Otherwise, Sark wouldn't bring him in. Uh, but it's really it could end up being a launching pad for a younger coach. And I think that's going to be a younger a younger man's job to lose. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. You mentioned uh, in, in the outset uh, about one thing I don't think and, and all these things that, that Sark is doing right now are responsible for. One of the things I don't think people appreciate enough is 
acclimating the new guys on campus, Ooh. right? I, I, I want to talk about that a little bit and what's going on there. You had a piece in the humidor on Friday about what they're doing and, and the, the timeline, et cetera. Uh, share with, with folks here, Eric, if you don't mind, uh, what's really going on with those 14 newcomers at uh, mid-year. Or I guess it's actually 16 if you include the, the, uh, the, uh, the Gavin Holmes, I don't think Sanborn's on campus just yet, but being a punter, that doesn't, that doesn't really matter. You know, I'm hopefully still punting out there in Palo Alto. Um, <laughs> Well, you know, at the same time that you're trying to assimilate these players, you're trying to make sure that you still have leadership and culture uh, carryover from the previous year, despite some uh, pretty significant leadership losses. Um, and so, you know, culture comes from the coaches, comes from the leaders in the program, uh, but it also comes from strength and conditioning. That's, you know, where you kind of set the mindset uh, for the program. I think when you see some of these uh, higher flying offenses, but then aren't tough, I think they probably have issues at uh, strength and conditioning as much as anything. Uh, and, and Texas, uh, you know, Texas had had, had improved, I think, an improved uh, strength and conditioning program. They, they, they clearly altered course from the first year to the second year. Uh, I think we saw a tougher team. And I think that that strength and conditioning program, they spent a lot of time with the players. Um, the freshmen just went with the uh, upperclassmen, I believe, yesterday. Today's Wednesday morning. So, yeah, Tuesday. Uh, and so, you know, the first week they monitor them. Uh, they make sure they're doing the lifts properly. Uh, you know, lifting can be dangerous if you're doing it wrong or you cannot get as much out of it if you're doing it wrong. So you got to monitor technique and make sure they're getting the most out of it. Uh, strength and conditioning plays a big part of it. And then, uh, you know, Sark's still going to want to make sure that he still has good leadership. You lost Bijan and Roshan. They have a lot of candidates, uh, but the more leaders you have, the less leaders you have. Uh, so that he needs to see who of those candidates truly rise and, and end up taking the mantle. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's assimilating the new guys, but also making sure that your program is still headed in the right direction and, and uh, new leaders are emerging. All right, let's uh, segue into talking about guys that he's trying to bring to campus now uh, because he's got a big junior day coming up this weekend. It yeah. is the, the big junior day for this, this year, at least this time of year for Texas. Uh, any number of guys coming on campus. I want to talk about those. But also, he's still trying to monitor the portal. Uh, and there's news uh, that A.D. Mitchell out of a Georgia website uh, uh, saying that he is uh, looking at the portal and that Texas and USC are possibilities. Mm -hmm. uh, we've long thought that there was something brewing here. We didn't know what, uh, but I is this a possibility? Or I mean, I, we, I looked at the portal. We looked at the portal before we came on. He wasn't in. Uh, right. Now, he may be in by the time we, 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 uh, this, this episode airs, but uh, what are your thoughts on not only the portal, but also uh, we'll, we'll then talk about uh, the junior day that's coming up. Yeah, well, with all the rumors uh, swirling on the Georgia side, I had to, you know, take a good look at uh, A.D. Mitchell. And, you know, he kind of fits the bill at what we've uh, profiled out there, you know, since the beginning. Uh, you know, going back to early December, we said they want a, a bigger receiver uh, with length, but, you know, also not sacrifice a lot of the athleticism. They don't want a statue out there because you still have to, to run the Stark stuff. Um, and, and experience in production. And, you know, he kind of fits the bill to a T. He hasn't always been consistent. He's had some injury issues, but – um, he's made some of the biggest receptions in Georgia history on, on the biggest stage. Um, so I, I think he fits the bill of what they're looking for. If he goes in the portal, I expect Texas to be, uh, be aggressive there. You know, they've, they kind of bided their time. They've been patient, maybe overly patient uh, from the, the mind of, of a few people have said that. Um, but, you know, they usually have a plan. And, and I think that they realize that, that if they, their patience would be rewarded. It, it very often is in recruiting. Okay. Uh, what we saw in that national championship game, Eric, is he could beat people one-on-one -on, -one on the outside and make you pay. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. what 
Yeah. Texas lacked that this year, in my opinion. Yeah, he can beat signal coverage over there in the boundary, uh, you know, pretty consistently to the point where, you know, I'm pretty confident if he stays healthy, he's an NFL receiver. Uh, because even though he's a bigger guy, he, he can win a number of ways. He can win with size. He can win with uh, speed. And uh, he runs some pretty good routes, too. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's all about creating separation. And for a bigger guy, he does a good job of it in, uh, in different ways, not just being big. I'm told that I will. First of all, he also spent some time at Ridgepoint down in Missouri City. Yeah, uh, early in his high school. There. Yeah, yeah that's I, early in his high school career. He apparently also has a, a daughter in the Dallas area, a young daughter. Uh, right. So yeah. we're, we're trying to I'm trying to learn a little bit more about him. That, that was something that I, that I found out uh, late yesterday. Yeah, uh, so, so, you know, surprisingly, he has a pretty built out Wikipedia page for, a, you know, it's like he's already that's, I know guys that were in the NFL that have a, a whole lot less words on them in the in the wiki Wikipedia. So it's 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 a fairly useful. He bounced around in high school. Um, some of that between uh, Ridgepoint and uh, Tennessee. Uh, I was familiar with him at Ridgepoint. It, you know, everybody was talking about his talent there, but he just never quite had the production. Maybe it's a product of uh, bouncing around so much. Uh, always had the talent, never quite had the production. Um, but, you know, if Texas can land him, I think that they would receive what uh, what a lot of people hope they had in Vernon Eagles. You know, he's that kind of guy. He's got good speed, good athleticism. Uh, but I think he's a lot looser in his hips than uh, than Eagles was. Texas and Steve Sarkeesian hosting a junior day this coming weekend, Eric. Uh, roughly dozen, two dozen guys are going to be on campus for 2024. Even some 2025s, I think, are yeah. going to be there as well. Uh, any ones in particular you think that uh, are on commit watch at this point for Texas? Yeah, you know, that's always a little tough to know because it's so early. You don't know who the staff is going to push for. Uh, we know who they like. We don't know who they necessarily love. Uh, a lot of offers are to guys they like. Uh, and, and, you know, you're setting them up for the long play. You have to have optionality throughout the cycle. Uh, but, yeah, I think, you know, Michael January, Duncanville defensive tackle, uh, He's on watch. You know, when we saw him as a freshman, it's like, okay, it's just a matter of time before this guy gets offered. Um, it's kind of like Jamari and Miller. It's like, you know what? You can wait and see more tape, but he's going to be offered. You might as well just offer him now as a freshman. Um, you know, they had time to wait. His dad played at Texas. He's attended a million Texas games. You have to like UT's uh, standing there if they push. And I think they only offered if they, they were going to push because that's not really a kid that you offer and then just linger along given this, you know, ties with the family and familiarity. Um Giant guy with with good enough feet, you know. To me, that's it, a baseline four star. Uh, you know, the, there's a scarcity with giant guys that can move. Uh, pretty much a no brainer to me. Uh, you know, Parker Livingstone's another one. Love Joy wide receiver. Uh, ran twenty one six, I believe, as a sophomore. Good hands. I do think it takes him a little bit of time to build up speed, uh, but definitely a good outside receiver. Um, you know, I, if they push for him, I could see that end up, ended up uh, going their way. Uh, Daniel Cruz is uh, one of their favorite players in the entire country. Uh, it's a center, so it kind of flies under the radar. I, I think, you know, I likened him to Eric McCoy the other day, the, the Aggie who's, you know, a well-paid center in the NFL. About midway through his senior year, I, it just dawned on me that this guy's going to play in the NFL. I already have that feeling about Daniel Cruz, and I think uh, I'm not the first to have that opinion either. Uh, he's got very quick feet, pops out of his stance, smart kid, takes football seriously. He's one of their absolute favorite players in the whole country. Um, I don't know. I don't know how quickly he wants to commit, but they are definitely prioritizing him. There's no way that any other program in the country is, is recruiting him as hard as they are. So so that would be another guy I'd watch. And, you know, they don't want to uh, I don't think they're going to take as big offensive line classes they have in the past, uh, but they do want to center. And, and he'd be an excellent guy to get in the class early. You know, they know they already know how much they love him. They've been all over him from, uh, you know, for for a year, it seems. Eric, I'm going to uh, mention our sponsor here, but uh, I want you to be thinking about this before I <laughs> talk about our sponsor. 
I, I talked with Paul Wadlington uh, on Monday, and we discussed what he wanted to see from Texas this coming spring. I want you to think about that. I'm going to mention our sponsor, then I'm coming to ask you that question. Um, Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm uh, specializes in results for his clients, whether it's a tragic car wreck, an accident in the workplace, or any serious or catastrophic injury. Adam is who you want to call. Call Adam today at 512-280-0800 or reach him online at lowylawfirm.com for a free consultation. And remember, Adam focuses on results. We appreciate him here at On Texas Football. Uh, Eric, your thoughts on what you want to see Texas accomplish this spring on a large scale, not necessarily microscopically, you know, big yeah. scale. What are you looking to well, I mean, I saw that video with you and Paul. I, I didn't see that that part of this uh, of the show. You know, it was, a, it was a very good show. Paul Paul looked great in his "I just moved to Cal Colorado from California" uh, look. I loved it. Flannel shirt and the hat. Uh, he looks happy. He looks well. Paul's uh, Paul's always a great addition. That uh, it was a good video. Everybody should go watch that one if they missed it. You know, I'm just looking uh, at quarterback. How do they how do they tailor the offense to uh, yours? Is it a continuation of what we saw in the bowl game? I don't know if Paul mentioned that. I'm looking for competition across the board. Um, you know, the, the fact that the roster is so young uh, and there's plenty of positions open means that competition is going to be uh, extremely high. There's not enough. There's you know, there's there's entrenched guys, sure, in many places, but there are a lot of places where there isn't. Uh, look at you know, Edge Buck is definitely wide open. Uh, Will is definitely wide open. Uh, offensive line, the interior is wide open. Um, you know, I think so. I want competition tailored to the offense. Um, you know, I want to see a continuation of, of defense. Uh, you know, are they going to take the next step? Um, if, if they lose Gary Patterson, are we going to see a noticeable drop off uh, in his absence? Um, you know, is, is communication going to remain as strong as it was last year? That was an early tell that they were on the same page last season. Uh, you know, any confusion would be surprised, but would, would obviously cue a, a step back too. Uh, you know, and then of course, leadership. You know, I, I prioritize stuff like leadership. I know fans want touchdowns on Saturdays, but, um, you know, the, the offseason is really what makes the season. And so there has to be who, who, who the leaders that emerge that are demanding accountability, that everybody's uh, not just doing the, the required work, but doing extra work. Who do you think some of those guys will be? Jaron Thompson would be one for me because he, he was when you mentioned communication. Right. I thought he did. He took a huge step in the right direction. Yeah, this remember year what that. we were writing about in August was, you know, he was viewed as an extension of the coaching staff. You know, it, it, if you're going to get a message from Jaron, it's it's almost like you got it from the coaches is what it was uh, relayed to us. Uh, Jalen Ford is, is going to be one. Um, you know, obviously, the better player you are, the more it's going to resonate. Uh, and, and his position demands leadership. But he's 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 moving into that role as seamlessly as he as he moved into the role on the field. Uh, he's definitely one. So Andre Sweat was one that Sark mentioned, and I had to fact check that one. Um, you know, but it, he has matured quite a bit. Um, you know, so he's going to, I think, kind of, kind of help uh, remediate the loss of uh, Keandre Coburn. Coburn was a solid leader uh, on offense. Jake Majors will be one. The return of Jordan Whittington was massive for that. I think um, you know to try to try to ease the pain of losing Rashawn and Bijan, uh, the elder statesman, but also a guy that's got ability. Uh, and, and then, you know, Quinn's always going to be an interesting leader. You know, the more he's successful, the more I think he'll step into a leadership role. Uh, the more he's struggling, I think he's going to be more focused on himself and getting right. May still be a little early for Kelvin Banks. He's only going to be a sophomore. Even though his play speaks for itself, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think another a, one, I was going to say now. JT Sanders. Yep. You yeah, know, he's he's kind of got that – he's kind of got that edge to him. <laughs> you know, you, you yeah. see that every so often. And his play tends to back it up on the field, you know? 
Yeah, he uh, he definitely emerged in the offseason. And I think he emerged over the course of the season, which kind of lines in with you become a better leader, the better player you are. Uh, because, you know, in August, there were a little bit of questions about that room, even though Sanders had, had made obvious steps through the through the offseason. Uh, by the end of the year, everybody's like, yeah, Sanders. And then, and then um, I should mention Brooks. You know, he hasn't done it yet, but a few good games. He definitely has leadership traits. Um, you know, they've been really fortunate in the running back room. It's not always the, the room you look to for leadership. Uh, they've been fortunate with the two guys that just left. Uh, but also Jonathan Brooks. Um, I think Baxter has some of those qualities too, but he, he's a true freshman, so his head will be swimming. That's interesting you mentioned Jonathan Brooks because he's not a name I thought of, but you're 100% right in my opinion. Here's a guy that bided his time yeah. and didn't make a lot of noise, didn't, you know, he could have easily transferred, could have done 25 different things, bided his time, sat still, became a better back, and now he's growing into that role. Yeah. That's a that's a good I, I like that choice. A couple hundred yard games and and we'll we'll start hearing much more about him being a leader. But in the offseason, he's gonna go about it um, you know, as an emerging leader. Got it. All right, fair enough. All right, that's Eric Nalin, publisher, insidetexas.com. Please join us at insidetexas.com. We have a special right now for first-time subscribers. It's thirty dollars all the way up until football season. So until August 31st, that means you get all the recruiting information this spring and this summer, all the spring practice coverage all the fall camp coverage as well. Uh, please join us at InsideTexas.com. It is by far uh, the best source of inside news on the University of Texas program. Uh, for Eric Nolene, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this week's episode of State of the Program.